You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Good morning to you, our vet from Brave Vet on Old Connor and Pete's website, petethevet.com and various appearances on TV3 and writing in Wicklow people in all sorts of places. You're very welcome, Pete. Good morning, Jacqueline. A couple of issues. I've got a question here which I'll give mm-hmm. it to you from a listener very soon. But uh, mm-hmm. first of all, you wanted to mention dog breeding and, and puppy farms again. Yes. Why are we still dealing with this? Well, there's two reasons why I want to mention it today. First of all, this coming weekend is the annual conference of the Veterinary Ireland Companion Animal Society, which is the body that represents pet vets nationally. And they've got a whole seminar called Ireland's Dog Breeding Establishments and the Dog Trade. And there's expert speakers are are talking about it. And the reason why it's particularly relevant right now is that... um, Back in back six years, seven years ago, 2010, the new dog breeding legislation was brought in. And what's happening is currently the government is looking to review that. Um, the dog breeding establishment legislation is under review and they're actually calling for public input. So what they've done is they've asked all the people, all the vets and everybody who's actually working with the legislation on the ground what they think about it and they got all that feedback. And now what they're saying is we want to know what the public think. Um, and that's um, that consultation ends on the 28th of February. So what what that means is that if you're a member of the public who feels strongly about puppy farming, one way or another, then now is the time to to go online, to go to the Department of Agriculture website. um, Sorry, not Department of Agriculture, it's Department of Environment. It's www.housing.gov.ie. And you'll find a link there to the review of the dog breeding establishments. And I think it's really important that people who are concerned about dogs, that they, um, you know have their say. And, you know, this is democracy in action. This is the government saying to everybody, well, what do you guys want? So, you know, if you're somebody who's giving out or who feels strongly about puppy farming, now is your opportunity to have an input into the way that the laws are changed. And the there will be changes made. Nobody observes the laws. All you can do is you find all these puppies in backs of cars and vans or whatever uh, down at Dublin Port or discovered in Hollyhead by the British and uh, it's all operating on the, on the black market and illegally. What good, but, is, yes, what good are if, laws? If, if you feel that that's the case, then you should put a submission in to the Department of Environment. You should say, I am concerned about the shortage of official inspectors to carry out inspections. And you should say, I want the um, controls at ports to be tightened up. And you should say, um, at the moment, official inspections of puppy farms have to be prearranged. I want them to be random unannounced inspections. You should make those points in this consultation. And that's, if you know, if we get 100 people making those points, then the government's going to go, oh yeah, okay, well that's something that really does concern people. If nobody makes those points, then business will carry on as normal. So it's our chance to have a say right now. Okay. Um, hi, Declan. Here's your, your question, by the way. Mm-hmm. Hi, Declan. I've got a 12-year-old Bichon Free. She's becoming very uh, clingy at the moment, but also seems to be sore to touch in certain places. Now, these places change from time to time, and the other night she actually snapped for the first time uh, aggressively at a member of the family. So I'm putting it down to not a change in temperament. Is a long text. Not a change in temperament but a medical issue. Yes, it may well be. I think it's one of the areas which is really challenging for vets and for owners is when an animal is in pain. And it's actually been recognised that it's one of the most common reasons for unexplained aggression 
is when an animal is sore. So when somebody puts their hand near the sore bit, um, you know, the dog thinks that the person's about to hurt them, and so they, they then snap or growl because they, they don't make the association that um, the pain, if you like, is within them. They think the person's going to hurt them, um, and so that's why they snap. So the best thing to do in that situation is to get the animal examined thoroughly by a vet who will start at the tip of the nose and work right back to the tip of the tail and by examining the animal and watching their reactions they'll be able to find are there any areas that are painful um, sometimes it's obvious for example a dog could have a sore tooth or they could have a, a low-grade ear disease that's painful or they could have neck pain like a slip disc in the neck is quite common and that can cause really quite severe pain so sometimes it's obvious by exa examining the animal where the pain is other times it's not so examinous, it's not so obvious, and that's more complicated because if you think about it, when we humans are in pain, sometimes there aren't really very many external external signs, and you know, we doctors depend on us um, describing our pain to them, and that's something we can't do with dogs. So, in that situation, if an animal seems physically very, very healthy but um, just is is reacting as if in pain sometimes a vet might um say okay well i can't find the problem here but i'm just going to give this dog some regular pain relief and and the sometimes older dogs have this unexplained pain and simply having regular pain relief can be enough to allow them to continue as normal without without giving the signs that they're and the suffering. diagnosis I mean, can you fail to find the, the you reason? You can. Yeah. If you fail to find the diagnosis, then you say the dog is suffering from idiopathic pain. What idiopathic means is we don't know the cause. It's a technical way of saying we don't know the cause. Well, if a dog has, I don't, I don't know, arthritis or mm. something... Then you'll find the cause. But, so, but it, that can move and change with the weather because I've got a bit mm. of arthritis in my thumb here. But sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not, you know? So Yes, that's, that, that <laughs> could, intermittent pain is a challenge. Um... Generally with arthritis, when you x-ray a dog, you'll find um, physical signs that that joint is diseased and that then helps helps pinpoint um, the problem. Um, it's not always the case, though. But in any case, there are general um, pain relief medications that, um, you know, sometimes if the cause is idiopathic, in other words, if you can't identify the precise cause, um, you give pain relief um, simply because you know the animal's in pain and you know the pain relief takes away the pain. And so, you know, that's more important than perhaps getting all fussed about, well, what precisely is the cause? What's important is how the animal is feeling and how the animal's behaving. And so um, general treatment can be very effective in these cases. At 12 years old, that little dog's beginning to get a little bit older. And the other thing I'd also wonder about a little bit is, could the dog be showing some early signs of what's called canine cognitive disorder, which means doggy Alzheimer's? Now, 12 is a little bit young for that, but um, but some dogs do, their personalities start to change a little bit as they get older, and that can happen any time between 10 years and 15 years, and that, you know, they stop quite being themselves, and if you like, they're like the equivalent of an elderly person who's beginning to behave a little bit um, erratically. And, uh, and the other part there, just let me find it, the clinginess. Yes. But that could be caused by pain. If an animal's in pain, they often will get quite clingy because they know the owner wants to protect them and so they'll not be like being left on their own because they want to be reassured by their owner's presence. So that could be going on there. Right, so in the first instance, see the vet. Yeah. See the vet and, and depending on what the vet finds, they may recommend bloods, urine samples, x-rays ultrasound, or they may say, look, we've got enough going on from this physical examination and ha we're happy to recommend this course of treatment. It does depend. Right, oh, mm. poor little doggies, you know. Mm. They can't tell us... Um, i tell a story, because my, my dad is long dead, you know, and he mm. lived in, um, <clears throat> in uh, Yorkshire, and... Uh, 
but um, he used to we used to say to him, "How are you getting on? You know, are you going to the doctor and all this sort of stuff." And uh, he says, "I wouldn't go to a doctor." I said, "Why wouldn't you go to a doctor?" He says, "I'm going to the vet." <laughs> and I said, "And uh, I said, why are you going to the vet and not a doctor?" He says, "Well, a horse can't talk, uh, so the the vet has to find out the the cause of the problem." Uh, so. Uh, I, I want a vet to, if I have any problems, to find the cause for me. Good man. I, yeah. I fully agree with him. I love I love the way we're using the English language. So if you doctor something, you're kind of tampering with it in a slightly devious way. <laughs> Whereas if you vet something, you're checking it really thoroughly. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Indeed, medics out there. Sorry about that. Indeed, yeah. You're not, you're not here to defend yourselves. Well, thank you for coming in, Pete, for all those issues. And, of course, the, you haven't mentioned the big story of the week. You're trying out a new phone. Oh, yes. Well, I, funny, my, I, I, I've had a lovely uh, Google Nexus 5 phone, which has seen me really well for two or three years. But the screen cracked a few months ago. And then the screen cracked again last week. And it's like 100 quid every time to replace the screen. So I was about to... Thinking about getting a new screen, but I was saying with a friend who said, you should get a Kubot phone, that's C-U-B-O-T, which is a Chinese brand, and it was a hundred quid on Amazon, and it's like, it looks just like a Google Nexus 5 or looks like a Samsung Note type phone, but it's only a hundred quid, and it's new, and it comes with a nice little case. Is it fast? It's fast enough for me, yeah. I mean, I'm not big into the technical stuff, but my friend who recommended it, he's one of these tech heads who'd done all the research for me. So I just trusted him. And when I've got this phone in my hand now, it behaves just like my old phone did. So I'm sure it's not as good as one of the six or seven hundred quid phones. And there must be aspects of it which are slightly inferior. But for me, for a day-to-day phone, which, you know, I do my emails and texts and take pictures now and again and oh, tweets and Facebook, it does everything like that perfectly. So I'm delighted with it. A cool Kubot okay. on Let's Amazon. Find out, yeah. Mm. Let's find out all the flaws anyway <laughs> for next time you come in. <laughs> all right, Pete Weatherburn, our vet, and uh, Pete's website is petethevet.com. You'll catch up with Pete on Old Connor, where he runs uh, Bray Vet. Thanks for coming in, Pete. Thank Good you. To you. Thank you.